evening. I'm from Texas. Yeah. And I'm proud to participate in this Trust the Wizards podcast. We've got a lot of problems in Texas with immigration. But Donald has come up with a solution. We're going to build a huge wall from one side of the country to the other and get Mexico to pay for it. Am I crazy? Or are you having a lucid dream about a bad Texan? Yeah!
and welcome to the Trust the Wizards podcast. My name's Rebel Rickett, and although the High Court is suppressing us, revealing his name, we can confirm he is a globally famous celebrity with a high-profile marriage with another high-profile celebrity with high-profile surrogate children, and that they cavorted with oil magnets in a crude way and then engaged in a threesome in a bath of olive oil. It's Kicker of Elves! Yeah, it's nice to be here. Day before yesterday, two days into the future. And a man who courts publicity like feral dogs courts bitches on heat. Just like the homeless man who lives in the skip outside News International, he loves to get in the papers. He's subject to a class action under the Protection from Harassment Act 2012 for stalking taken out by the paparazzi. It's Sharitho Garbanzo! I'm still standing. Uh, I was, in my youth, uh, I can confess, an Iggy Pop completist. Wow. Until, I think I've explained before, he betrayed me by releasing Blah Blah Blah, yeah. which was Blah Blah Blah. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the thing that Iggy Pop completists really have, and I should say I was Iggy Pop completist on tape, Yes. <laughs> of course, the thing that Iggy Pop completists very rarely had was the album Kill City. Oh. Uh, it was described as the missing link between raw power and lust for life. Yeah. You know, the, the missing piece of the jigsaw. Got everything else, but Kill City, you could never get hold of that. Right. You never get hold of that. And as you know, I'm not a prolific uh, vinyl buyer. No, no I think that's fair. Yeah, because yeah. I don't have a record player. Yeah. Um, but, and, and the weird thing, I went onto our local market, which is Earlstown, mm. which uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you could reach your ethos, is not a good market. It's not for record. No, it is, if you want to buy um, a box full of plumbing parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like L shaped connectors. Yeah. yeah. Go Slightly to market. Go to Elstown Market because there's hundreds of those things. <laughs> but yeah. vinyl collectors. Yeah. No. No. And, and uh, la- extraordinarily large towels with yes. the Disney film Frozen on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. Kind or, of thing. or also those frames, you know, with the Spanish woman in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those were yeah. slightly frayed. Yeah, uh, it is like returning to the nineteen six, late nineteen sixties, I think, isn't it? That it market. is. Yeah, it is and old golf clubs, <laughs> lots of old golf clubs. <laughs> so it's that kind of market, just to put you in the picture. Yeah. But they've got one record store up there, and we were going past, obviously, on our way to somewhere else. And I thought, well, I, I like, I, I love my music, yeah. so let's check that out. Yeah. And um, what's there? Kill City. No. Um, well. and, and the amazing thing was, I thought, my God, Kill City, is it, is it the proper one? It's on green vinyl. Wow. Green vinyl, Kill City. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. And the, way, the other weird thing was, you know, Ellen Foley. Oh, yes. Did, and again, Meatloaf I'm. Meatloaf. Squeeze. Yeah. No, not Squeeze. Oh. Just backing singer. Oh. Uh, and, and I'm also a Clash completist. Mm. And the only Clash related record that I haven't got is Ellie, Ellen Foley, is it the night St. Louis died or something oh, like that? Yeah. yeah. Produced yeah. by Mick Jones. Exactly. Yeah. And, and all the songs, Strummer Jones compositions, right. and all the people who played on Sandinista played on that record. Wow. Uh-huh. They had that as well. They had that as well. Wow. <laughs> they had that as well. And, and, you know, it was getting a bit absurd because thinking, hold on, I can't buy two records. Not in one day. In one day. I've <laughs> not bought one for seven years. Yeah. Uh, particularly not having a record player. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well... And I've got to say, when I got back, I thought, I should have bought that one. Yeah, should have bought that one. Anyway, I did. Yeah. And and also, you know, you think, well, why would you buy a record when you've not got a record player? 9 yeah. That's why. Yeah. I thought, that's probably worth... Because I know how much I wanted that LP. Yeah. That's probably worth £400 now. I think it's probably worth at least six quid. Well, when I got back... <laughs> Did a search on Amazon, Amazon uh, eleven pounds. Oh, so with the postage packaging, probably for, for brand new. Uh, no, oh. we well, can't buy it brand new. Oh. Yeah, Kill City was released like that, nineteen seventy-eight. Again, 
classically Iggy Pop total bloody mess failure and didn't do anything very badly uh, mixed apparently uh, and then it's re-released in 2010 remixed and remastered yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and strange enough the song you're going to hear is not off that album <laughs> it's the remixed version yeah. so you know so there we are so, um, it has to be because you can't play this album because you don't have a record player no, well, I say I don't have a record. I mean, my daughter has a record player, ah, okay. uh, but it's 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 in her bedroom, yeah. and she doesn't let me go in there. Of course, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah. But anyway, well, one day when she was out, I snuck in yeah. and I put it on, yeah. and then did something to the room. Yeah. That's nothing you know about record players, is it? They're not very mobile. No, they're not. No. And uh, and it's only pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I was so inspired by buying a record I couldn't play that I bought the digital download that I could play. Yeah. <laughs> This is all the prelude, really. Yeah, yeah. Just say this song. Just saying, just saying. Here is, you know, the, the record that every Iggy Pop fan wants and probably doesn't own, but I do. Yeah. Here's Iggy Pop with Kill City.
So that was uh, Losers by the band Tremolo Ghosts. Losers. Yeah. Uh, who are a, a Bristol-based uh, outfit. In fact, they're actually just one person whose name is Owen Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, uh, this song, Losers, is actually the title track uh, from a release that came out in 2014. And I'm going to challenge you at this early stage of the podcast and say mm-hmm. this is the, uh, the best um, album cover. Oh, right. Of the pod. Of this particular pod. Of this particular pod, and and I'm going to say possibly beyond that. Right. Because I can tell you that these, you you buy a CD of Losers by Tremolo Ghosts, and uh, and you get one handmade to order. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, you like that, don't you? And it's made (laughs) out of a pair of old shorts. So the the, C, the CD is uh, there. You are. I'm to you now. The CD is the back pocket of a pair of jeans <clears> or a pair of shorts, and the CD has been hand drawn on and and sat in this pocket, which has been drawn on itself. Well, I think you're underselling it because there isn't there some embroidery going on on the on the front side of the pocket. Oh no! no, oh, no, no it's, it's just drawing. It's a picture. A picture yeah. of a flower and yeah. the word losers. And wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then the track listing written on the back. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So it's well, it's the only the only denim covered album I've got. Well, weirdly enough, <laughs> weirdly enough, yeah. I have a, a CD signal by World of Twist called Sweets, uh, which is almost identical in its packaging, except oh. it's it's not a handmade variety because World of Twist were on Circa, which is a Virgin label, right. and, and and so they they released a CD single, or right. uh, uh, and it's in a jeans pocket CD case uh, but it's it, it's they're not individually really handmade yeah. uh but it's very annoying because mm. uh, this one is, is is very well made because you can get you can extract the cd oh, yeah. without too much force mm. whereas my one it's it's a bit it's of a tight fit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and there's a little Skinny index leg. card inside the thing oh, right. which is all bent up so you didn't uh, say the track's written on the back yeah i know yeah yeah. I do. I do like the fact that it's, there's a lot of space in there. It's like a, like a it's a CD bag, isn't it? There's, it's yeah. a CD lots bag, of space. Yeah, yeah. It's a CD but, bag. but I, they, they could have gone further with the concept because they've written all the tracks on the back. Yeah. Not the times. <laughs> the writers, you know, <laughs> do you CC, Porky Prime cuts, all that stuff. But yeah. wait, good effort. Good effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, very interesting. I've, I've been following this. It was actually a recommendation from our pal um, Porco. Uh huh. Um, and uh, I bought their album Hangover Land. That's the first one to know, which I really like very much. They've also got uh, another one called Live at the Aeroplane Graveyard, which I'd highly recommend. And in fact, there's a there's a new tape. Everything on tape. Yeah. On tape. Oh, there's really? One, Apart from this this excellent. one CD. <laughs> uh, there's a new one called Automated Responses to Junk Mail. That's Are you right. aware of that? I ha- well, I, I, that's all I'm aware of, apart oh, right. from this song, which is fantastic, by the way, and I think could all easily be adopted as a Trust the Wizards anthem. Yes. Uh, but... Um, if we didn't already have one, of course. Yeah, um, yeah the, it's by Trimler Ghost and Duncan Stagg. That's right. I, I don't know who he is, but I, but I listened to his stuff yeah. on Bandcamp, and it's very, very good it is too. There's a cover mm. with, where they play a Trimler Ghost's play a Duncan Stagg song, and Duncan Stagg plays a Trimler Ghost song. Right. There you yeah. go. I don't know which one of those tracks it is, but I liked all the tracks I listened to. There you go. Yeah, so I think go. if you're interested, you should go to their band, their Bandcamp page, which is tremolerghost.bandcamp.com. Um, yeah, check them out. And then Iggy Pop, wow. Hadn't heard that for a long time, that song. Couldn't it? Yeah, you did like it, yeah. I mean, I, I did like it, yeah. The, the reviews of the, the Kill City album were fairly mixed. I, uh, I felt, I was listening to that, I was listening to it a lot, but I was listening this morning, uh, walking to work, mm-hmm. headphones on. Mm. I had a swagger. Did you? I yeah, had a swagger, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. an Iggy Pop swagger. Yeah, in it's, the bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never heard Kill, Kill City. I didn't even know that album existed. So is that in between Raw Power and, and the Berlin one? Yeah, well, the, 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 he struggled yeah. to get it out. 
Right. Which is unusual. For <laughs> 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 because because it was James Williamson. Uh, yeah. the, the Stooges had broken up. Yeah. Iggy Pop was in rehab, mm-hmm. or a mental asylum as it was called at the time. Yeah. And uh, he was doing the music, and he was he was sort of smuggling Iggy out to put vocal tracks down on this album on, yeah. on Kill City. Uh, yeah. yeah. In in very distressed circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it wasn't. I think it took him a while to get to get it. Re, re, I mean, it's on, it's on Bump Record. I mean, Bump mm. Records. I mean, who, who who the hell are they? Yeah. Uh, so it was a very obscure release that came out at completely the wrong time. So it came out, I think, after Lust for Life. Yeah. So then people were completely wrong-footed by it. Yeah. Uh, Something without a trace. Uh, so it was a sort of great lost recording. I mean, that song yeah. I, I I like very much. What's the rest of it like? Um, there are some some useful insights <laughs> into. They did say as well that you know that. They, they they put I think it's called Night Flight ends one side and starts the next which is like a, a sort of, in, a, a, of a, an instrumental thing that oh, you know so. it's not really a track and if you take that out the whole album will last about 30 minutes uh, well yeah. actually that's a good thing I do yeah. <laughs> I like the hand claps as well but like like you know No Fun and various other mm. Stooges songs have got good effective use of hand claps I think mm. we once said on a previous podcast that any song mm. is improved by the addition of hand claps definitely yeah Next up, we're going to play a song uh, from uh, the Fuzzkill Records. If you go to fuzzkillrecords.bandcamp.com, you can download for uh, pay what you like. Uh, you can download their Class of 2015 sampler. I, I did that, and I've enjoyed it very much. There's bands on there, including the names Breakfast Muff, with their song <laughs> Not Down to Fuck. And a not co- what? Not down to fuck. Oh, okay. And, not down. Uh, not down. Not, not down to fuck. Not, and uh, a track I didn't particularly like, but I like the band name, uh, the Shithawks, <laughs> who, who play a song uh, that she's like the wind song, which is from um, Dirty Dancing. That's not very good, but the rest of the the album is excellent. And in particular highlights was the band Sweaty Palms. Mm. Uh, and uh, they, they've got two tracks on there. One's called Palpitations. The one we're going to play is called Grey Existence. Uh, I contacted Sweaty Palms <laughs> in, in Scotland. Uh, and they tell me uh, they've, you can get this also on tape. They've got some new stuff in the pipelines. Hopefully some new releases coming out in the next couple of months. If you're in Scotland, go and see them. Uh, the first, on 20th of April, they're at Sneaky Pete's in Edinburgh. 29th of April... They're in Inverness, Mad Hatters. 30th, they're at Aberdeen Tunnels. And the 1st of May, they're in Glasgow at the Stag and Dagger. And they're playing some festival called Electric Fields at the end of August. I asked them what this particular song was about. And they said the song is inspired by our distaste for everyday narcissism and the reactionary nature of life today. Well, here's to that.
And that was the bell raise with Blues for Godzilla. Yeah. And we saw the bell raise at the ATP Festival, very much a highlight. Yes, definitely, yeah. They played a cover of Cheap Trick, What's Not to Like. What's Not to Like, as well as, uh, I think we already mentioned, uh, A Whole Lot of Loving. Yes. No, it's not A Whole Lot of Loving, it's A Whole Lot of Love, yeah. Yeah. No, tremendous live act, and uh, sounding good on record, I think. Yeah, and I I think, as you you mentioned... uh, because I was, I was saying they're kind of a blues rock thing, mm. and you said no, that's soul. Yeah, that uh, soul. And when I read into it, it is soul. Yeah, it's soul. <laughs> it's soul. It's the soul. Soul punk. rock, isn't it? It's, it's soul punk, punk crossover. Soul punk. Yeah. Mm. And and to be fair, I'm not sure there's been that many soul punk crossover acts. No, no, that's a fair call. There's one now. Uh, I, I I looked up the album names, which they've been going since 1990. Uh, Have uh, they? And because mm. th- th- this is off the album Let It Blast, which is it sounds like a very bell raise kind of you know, yeah. uh, and they've got hard, sweet, and sticky. Mm. Which sounds very Bowrace, doesn't it? Mm. Grand Fury, mm. Black Lightning, mm. all very Bowrace, don't you think? Mm. Uh, and then they've got Merry Christmas, Love the Bowrace. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the ball a bit there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but they were they were great live and uh, nice to hear them again. And and actually, the uh, the Sweaty Palms song before is, mm. is another revelation, isn't it? Yeah. What a great yeah. great find that is. Yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like that very much. Great lyrics and uh, nice. Uh, Spindly guitar lines. Yeah, yeah, and I like if you listen to it. If you listen to it on headphones, you'll notice the the two guitars both coming in from both sides as well. I like oh, that no, effect. Yeah. That kind of stereo. Kind of, that is well, like, it's called stereo. It's called stereo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's um, yeah. It rockets along, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I did. I did wonder. I mean, the bands always get asked, don't they? Where'd you get your name from? But I'm really curious about this band's name. <laughs> it's that you're not know, selling anything. Well, you know, the, swear, the, but... the, the, the bass player is called Betty Swallow. Uh, we're going to play Chuck Prophet next. Uh, regular listeners to the pod, hello to you both. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll know that we the very first uh, song we played on the very first podcast was by Chuck Prophet, yes. and we he's, he's featured regularly. Uh, the song we're going to play is is a bit unusual for Chuck because it's kind of like a very song about very current affairs and a song that was released uh, sort of. Recorded and then released very quickly, and when you hear it, you'll understand why. It's kind of like a bulletin, kind of telling you a story about a, a real news event. I'm going to read you what Chuck Prophet himself said uh, on his email that he sent out to his mailing list about this. He says, Alex Nieto was a good dude with no criminal background whatsoever, probably more of a contributing member to society than I am, and a good brother, and a son to two strong parents. He was killed by police eating a burrito in Bernal Heights, a gentrifying neighbourhood that he grew up in, and he did not deserve to die. He did not deserve to die. Just to break away from what Chuck's talking in a minute, to say, uh, I think we're, certainly other interviews, and I think when you interviewed him for the podcast, he was talking about San Francisco, his adopted home city, mm. which, and the the changes that it's going right, yeah. as, as the tech companies are moving in mm. and the regular folk are moving out, out yeah. very much like um, parts of London, London that yeah. I uh, used to live in. Um, uh, anyway, I'll continue reading what Chuck said. He was executed because a couple of young white professionals new to the neighbourhood where Alex spent his whole life were threatened by a brown-skinned 28-year-old in a 49ers jacket. They profiled him as a gang member and called 9-11. These, this culture clash is nothing new. Some of you may remember the Dropbox dudes who printed out a land deed to take over a community soccer field their attempt to change the natural order of things at a public park where pick-up soccer games had been the norm as long as anyone could remember gave us all a good laugh. It's an oldie but goodie. But we're not laughing anymore. Now it's war. Again, to break away from, from what uh, what Chuck's saying, 
Alex Nieto was a security guard at a club who carried a taser for his work. He was just sitting eating a burrito, minding his own business in a park. Some businessmen who were new to the area saw him there, said he was a gang, uh, called the police saying he, that he was a suspected gang member and that he was possibly carrying a weapon. Well, it was the colour of his jacket, wasn't it, as well? Oh, of... and the colour of his jacket, which was, I think, a 49ers jacket, 49ers, oh, the corresponded red. with a gang colour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to what Chuck said, yes, Alex had a taser. It was for his job as a security guard. In that park, as a result of those 9-11 cops, uh, cops unloaded 59 bullet, bullets in and around him. Ooh. A federal jury of non-San Francisco residents ruled that the four San Francisco police officers who fired those bullets and killed him two years ago did not use excessive force. How many bullets would that have been?
you can read more about uh, the case of Alex Nieto uh, from an excellent article uh, on the Guardian website uh, by Rebecca Solnit. The article called Death by Gentrification, The Killing That Shamed San Francisco. If you Google that, uh, you will find the full story. And we should also mention uh, Kurt's co-writer on that song, Kurt, sorry, Chuck's co-writer on that song, Kurt Lipschultz, who wrote that song with him. Okay, yeah. and, and we followed that with uh, Fatima Al-Qadiri with her song Power from this al- this year's album Brute, which on the on the front cover, Rebel, features that. Would you like to describe that? <coughs> well, it's it's a toy man. Uh, it's, like, uh, I don't, it's like a smurf. It looks like a... T- no, it's a telly It's a telly It's a telly with, with PPE on, personal protective equipment. Yes. A visor. Yes. It's like it a, riot, a riot cop telly tubby. Well, they need them yeah. in telly tubby land, or that's, that's exactly what it is. Wookie yeah. Hollow, it's called. Well, in it's case a, they get into a big row over tubby custard. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. Could happen. It's yeah. a great album. This is all. It's all about police states and, and that sort of stuff. And who is? Do you know who Fatima well, she's very, is? She's an interesting character. I don't know a lot, but I do know that she's Kuwaiti. Uh-huh. And I'd imagine that, that making music like that as a woman in Kuwait is unusual. Is she yeah. based yeah. in Kuwait? No, she's not. She's based in America. <laughs> ah. um, but uh, really good listen if you, if you like that sort of thing, which I do. Uh, mm. Lots of um, yeah, good stuff on here. So I highly recommend it, that one. And maybe finish with Chuck's final words on his thing. Power to the people, ride on. So we're going to play uh, the title track from Robert Pollard's new solo album. It's not that new, actually. It's, uh, in fact, it's been usurped by his new Guided by Voices record, but nevertheless. Um, this is uh, the album Of Course You Are, which is his 23rd solo album, um, excluding a live one and two collections of demos. Uh, he's now released 23 as Robert Pollard and 24 as Guided by Voices. Interestingly, uh, this record is him and uh, Nick Mitchell, yeah. Who, who you'll recall? Is he the drummer who sold the <laughs> <Ruby laughs> No, he's a Mitch Mitchell. <laughs> no, 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 that's for someone else. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, Nick Mitchell is the guy who was here with him in Ricky Wicky. Ah, uh, you uh-huh. might, might recall from uh, multi instrumentalist. So the two two musicians on this this solo record by Robert Pollard. Yes. Yeah. And on the Guided by Voices record, it's just Robert Pollard. It's. Um, <laughs> so anyway. Um, this is, uh, who's this? Well, it's Robert Pollard. Of course it's Robert Pollard! <laughs> Something to me, of course. 
squeeze that in that's uh, the no sons with there's a girl there's a girl there's a girl there's a girl 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 there is yeah there was and um, she smells like a man yeah she's she curious like, she yeah. quirky yeah quirky yeah, yeah, yeah that's the no sons with their song professor 200 um which is from this rather brilliantly named cassette album which is called uh poor or no uh are they are they from Scotland as well? They are from Scotland. Oh, yes. I could so pick up a bit of an accent there. <laughs> yes, uh, from Aberdeen. Um, although 
This it's a nice little package, that isn't it? Can you open it? I'm, I'm trying to open it without ripping it. Yeah, please don't rip it. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you see the number on it? Oh yeah, yeah. One seven one four two. Is no, that no, no seventeen forty two? Seventeen of forty two. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so this album's recorded by these two brothers from Aberdeen. Um, although it was recorded in Seoul. Seoul, South Korea. Seoul, South Korea. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're well, partly in anyway, in Seoul. South Korea, yeah, too small for me to read that. And also in Cadiz, Spain. Correct. Yeah, no, so, no, 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 thanks for having a little geography check in there. Um, <laughs> geography uh, quiz. Yeah. And interestingly, it's, it's, Aberdeen, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> interestingly, each track on the album is named after a fictional character that the brothers have created. Right. <laughs> so, okay. so Dame Rosemary and Dr. So that Barry Pelletti, Professor, Professor, Professor 200. Professor 200, yeah. Ah. Um, and... I I'm, I'm I know it's early days because we're only in April, but this is probably my favourite album of the year so far. Ooh, Ooh. big shout! I, mean, I love it just for the packaging. I mean, <laughs> the fact that it's it's a sort of cryptic like a Rubik's cube to get the, the, the tape out, and then you open the tape, which is a plain black envelope with the with the image on the front, and then the tape itself is it looks good. Mm. But you know, fairly stark and black. Yeah. But then the tape got... itself is very reminiscent of the New Order albums on Factory yeah. that came in those little boxes, uh, yeah. very black with just simple white print on it. Uh, but I mean, I've never before seen in a tape the lyric sheet <laughs> folded in such a small way, but done with such care and attention. Yes. It's yes. fantastic, and, and it is a lyric sheet. You've got all the lyrics here. Yeah. Uh, to all the song, you were a Grand Prix watch. <laughs> a Grand Prix we... watch, maybe. No, no, it's definitely pricks. There's no okay. X in it. Okay. <laughs> we all know you fuck your secretary. <clears throat> nice. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Professor 200 for you. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were just listening to, yeah. Um, so, you know, highly recommended. It'd be every quick because there's only 42 and, well, there's only 41 left. I'm, I'm, a definite, definite trend. We've commented on this before, but, but it's I, something I find a little bit frustrating. We mm. talked earlier on in the podcast about buying records when you don't have a record player to play yes, it on. Yes. I had tapes. I had yes. hundreds of the fuckers. Oh, yes. I, and I resisted and resisted and resisted moving from tapes to CDs. I liked tapes. They were portable. You could listen to them on the go. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I resisted and resisted and resisted. And then eventually, around about 1992, bands started releasing stuff on CD and they weren't releasing it on tapes. Right, so yeah. I was forced to yeah. go the CD route. Yeah, yeah. I'm now finding... The other way around. <laughs> a lot, quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. Fuzzkill, the Sweaty Palms thing before. Fuzzkill, don't, they don't release anything yeah. on CDs it's or the, vinyl. It's, it's the media of choice tapes. for your lo-fi, yeah. homemade stuff. But definitely. I don't have a tape player these days. Yeah, get yourself one. Or any tapes. No, well, yeah. all my tapes were better. Yeah, I think I might have two. I've, no, I have, that's, <laughs> that's I tell you, I have, still, I have got a few tapes, like, like seven or eight. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. got a tape, tape player, though? No. No, no really? I had to borrow Kickers when I wanted to play stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I had to borrow a Kickers one. Well, do you yeah. remember, was it Stuart Lee who said, um, you know, you look like a sort, of, sort of audience that would that would release tape-only albums. Yes. And a woman said, he does that! Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, before that, we have, of course, we have Robert Pollard. Indeed, uh, yeah. Mm, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of, course. of course you are. Uh, you said that sounded like the Beatles. Yes, I did think it sounded like the Beatles, yeah. Mm. Uh, listen to it back, I'm not sure how I arrived at that conclusion. Yeah, it's not uh, the first ever track I've heard which of uh, Robert Pollard or GBV related that's got a little bit of Beatles in no, it. Think, you, know, yeah. and you, you, you once said uh, something along the lines of the, 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 the four Ps. That's right, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the four basic, you know, the fire, earth, fire <laughs> air, earth and water yeah, right, of yeah. the GBV yeah. sound was, yeah. was psych, pop, Punk and prog, prog, 
Yeah. See, I'm glad I forgot that. It's <laughs> yeah. a great review, um, by the way. So. But yeah, that one was quite a bit of the of the psych and the pop. It was. Yeah. It's very accessible, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was good. It says, "It said considering the bubblegum pop that could have been, Pollard continues to stretch the boundaries of his own musical universe." It's quite good. But the last line said, "Pollard's DIY middle finger raised decades prior will stand firm for years to come." Mansplaining. That's a portmanteau word, I think that's the right term, and uh, the definition is uh, someone, I'll just explain this in case, you, <laughs> in case you're not understanding what mansplaining might mean, it's when you explain something yeah. to someone, yeah. typically a woman, and there may be some women listening out there, yeah. in a manner that might be regarded as condescending, or patronising. Patronising, that's when you talk down to someone, Rebel. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, this song, Mansplaining, is written by a group called the Women's Institute. And you know what? They've written this song all by themselves. <laughs> you know, and they've even, they've even learnt to play their own instruments. Oh, bless.
that was Women's Institute, spelled W-I-M-I... No, W-I-M-M-I-N-S, uh, from their album Badass Lady Power Picnic, which has got a superb marshmallow um, sandwich picture on the front. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic album, uh, and it the, the, uh, could have played any number of tracks from that. There's a punk version of uh, the Frozen song Let It Go on there, which is kind of a bit like Another Girl, Another Planet, mm. uh, with which it shares some chord sequences. Uh, there's a magnificent song called Boy Rules on there, and lots and lots of, of punky, poppy, feminist anthems on there, and you can get that from womens.wordpress.com. Uh, going back to the mansplaining thing... Uh, some weirdly, somebody we've already mentioned, Rebecca Solnit, who wrote the article in the Guardian about uh, the the murder of Alex Nieto. She also uh, wrote seven essays and is kind of partly credited with with this uh, this word mansplaining. She wrote seven essays, including one called "Men Explain Things to Me," <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is coincidentally the name of a song on the new Taco Cat album. Yeah. 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 Link, link, link. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was, it's it's a great song, isn't it? It is, and, yeah. And, and it's very. I mean, apparently, I was reading a little bit of mansplaining because uh, I, I read that in the Drowned and Sound uh, review of the ATP Festival as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, well, I wondered at first whether because I don't know if you get this sensation, and it doesn't have to be with the women, but it often is uh, when you're explaining something that you're really enthusiastic about and they're not remotely interested. Perhaps this podcast being one of those things that often gets that response, and I thought I thought that might be mansplaining. No, but no, um, no, no, no. I think mansplaining is when you the person who's doing the explaining is kind of doing it with the kind of sense that they know more about the subject than the person they're explaining it to. Mm. Well, when in actual fact, that yeah, that, yeah it's assuming that they know yeah. more about the thing they're talking yeah. about than the person they're talking to. Well, this Very is often ju- because they are a man and, and the other person they're explaining to is a woman. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's, it's patronising. It's just pure patronisation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. patronising, that's when you, you talk to somebody... Yeah. But I thought, well, what's that one, though? So And also, there's the thing about... And this is probably a sexist now, and, and I don't find it funny at all, but there's a, there's a thing going around years ago that you could never explain the offside rule to a woman. Yes. That's completely wrong. They, they get it. Right. Sure make that well, I've, I've got friends who claim to be football supporters... And I've tr- I've tr- explained the ma- the offside rule to them, and it's clear from the look in their eyes that they're still not getting it. She's not getting it. No, no. no oh, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm talking about men. I've no, I don't think I've ever tried to explain the offside rule to a woman. There's no point. Uh, but no. I do know that Mrs. Garbanzo under- fully understands the offside rule. Unlike, uh, unlike, yeah. for example, that linesman. Uh, was it um, the? the- Somebody's a massive offside goal that somebody scored at the weekend. We was stood offside. It was uh, Man City. Man City's goal against what, the way they were playing. Poor Man City. Yeah, and right. and was, the linesman clearly doesn't know what offside is. Clear. Right. So well, somebody needs to go and mansplain it. Just, well, just yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll part that for a second because I thought, well, if it's not that that sensation when you're explaining something to a woman and she's not remotely interested, I no, thought, well, that's, maybe, that's maybe something the, different. there's something different. I thought, I thought, what well, maybe there's a word for that? Oh. So if you're trying to get them excited, ex, that's a bit man-sighted. If you're trying to persuade them, man-swayed. If you're digging yourself a hole, <laughs> a manhole. <laughs> hey, you're just instrumental. Yes, it's our uh, instrumental choice, and it's my turn this hey. week. Uh, and I've chosen a track from the incredibly strange music box, 
60 songs from the Cramps Crazy Collection. It's described as being filled with gongs, bongs, theremins, rampant guitars, inadvisable lyrics, wild eccentrics, would-be drunk, sleazy saxophonists, and frequenters of exotic made-up places. Amongst whom we find Roland James, an unsung hero here in full twang, with a couple of empty beer bottles providing scant percussive balance on top of a chugging beat that eventually has him square up to a breath-girdling sax break in Guitarville! <laughs> Sound that, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. I love that sort of uh, grimy 1950s. It just reeks of it. Roland, for fuck's sake! Congratulations, you're listening to the Trust the Wizards podcast. Well, it's time for us to uh, do a bit of a, an album review section. Uh, we've got. We can start with ooh, the, bird, the, the birds. The birds have left. The first one we're reviewing is a first album in quite a while. 16 years. 16 years, isn't that all? Yeah. Uh, from the Violent Femmes. It's called We Can Do Anything. It is, yeah. Uh, it's a bit of an opinion splitter, is it fair to say? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you're saying. Let's find out. I mean, I, I think I brought it to the table. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I quite like the Violent Femmes, and obviously Blister in the Sun, and that is uh, it's ace, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the sound hasn't changed a great deal no, in not, 16 years. No. That would be my first. No, it no, hasn't changed at all, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I think there's the, his voice is still, sounds exactly the same. Yeah. His drummer sounds exactly the same. And his acoustic guitar and bass. So, in fact, exactly the whole thing the sounds exactly the same. So, you could argue that that's great, you know, it's, it's the, the band's sound has remained. Or you could argue that they haven't moved on one way or, or, or the other. Would you want them to, though? I mean, bearing in mind some of the bands that 
they remind me of or, or that have come after them. In a, I'm thinking a, in a band that we all very much like, They Might Be Giants. It's, there's similarities there. If They Might Be Giants suddenly went off and sounded completely different, would it, would it work? No, I, 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 no I, I wasn't necessarily saying I do want them to change. I, I'm quite happy for them to sound like that. I, I, I like the sound. I mean, it's acoustic punk, you know, it's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a great sound. Um, I, I worry a little bit about the the quality of the songs, though. I, I think think for me, I was I was a little bit disappointed generally by the album. Um, there are only really a couple of songs which I would say they're great. If you're doing a uh, you know a best of Violent Femmes, you might think of including them. Yeah. There there are, there are a few songs there where the the whimsy they always had a whimsical mm, yeah. Of, but the whimsy is it's just overloaded with whimsy and uh, a bit irritating really. Um, and also there's there's uh, I was thinking there of the song I could be anything which I found yeah, kind of annoying, yeah, annoying. I, I have to say I agree with you on on that particular track I, I found that quite annoying it's it? childish yeah yeah yeah, it? yeah yeah it's a kind of polka isn't it it's like a yeah. kind of polka song it's yeah, yeah I, I, um, that, that didn't do anything for me and the other song which I, I particularly that was the one about the drag dragons. Like the man called Bongo who fights yeah. dragons yeah. yeah that was yeah. a bit yeah fuck off with too us, silly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah did you like the one. Uh, well, I've got to say, uh, uh, I didn't listen. I don't think I listened to it enough to right, really. Okay. But my impression was exactly the same. It sounded exactly like they did. I, I mean, to be fair, I wasn't to Violent Femmes. I like that song. What can I do for just one fuck? Yeah. I very much identified with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and I love that, but didn't really pick up on anything else. Uh, and yeah, I, some of the songs are very childish. Yeah. Uh, and you know, first few listeners just thought not impressed at all. Well, the, the, I mean, let's let's get the negativity out of the way early. Is it there's more? <laughs> oh, um, big, no, I think so. I think there are some redeeming features. Uh, the uh, the song "Big Car," I also particularly didn't like, um, and I think mostly but, I just felt that you know how how old's your man now? It's very it, "Big Car" is very it's it's very catchy and it was yeah. it, it, it's, it's it, very it, creepy. Is it uh, well lyrically? You mean yeah? Right? yeah. Come oh. on, come on in my car. I've got a big one. it sounds like he could be an ex Sunderland player here. <laughs> So you put it in that perspective. I haven't thought about it in that way, but now I think about it in that way, it worries me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, I don't think that's the angle he's going for. Really? I think we're reading stuff into it that he's not. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I, I didn't like it. It, it creeped me out a bit. Mm. And uh, I think part of the problem there is that, is that you know, he, if he's 20, he could probably get away with it. I think you probably can't get away with it if you're in your 50s. Um, nevertheless, there were, there were songs that I did like. Uh, I particularly liked uh, Holy Ghost. That was my favourite song on it. Oh, that wasn't bad, yeah. Yeah, uh, I like that one. Which, I, which was reminiscent, I thought, of uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues a little bit. Yeah, I've written here, Lou, it sounds like Lou, Lou Reed singing Subterranean Homesick Blues. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, so so, so that, that was great. That, that's my, definitely my favourite there. And I also quite like the song Issues um, and, and the line, Oh God, you're going to talk about them. That's quite. That was quite a sort of anthem, anthemic pop song yeah. for, compared to some of the more sort of country acousticy stuff it on was, the album. Yeah. Uh, I thought with the, it had again, it had lots of interesting sort of one-liners in it, and I thought if you change the accents on that song, uh, a lot of those lyrics could be it could be half man half biscuit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In, in, lyrically, and not the case with the necessarily with quite a lot of the rest of the album. No. Uh, I really liked some of the songs towards the end of the album. I was going to say uh, they got better as it went on. Mm. Yeah, the, the, yeah. And because looking at, they said Holy Ghost. Uh, well, you, you tell us some of the... Uh, I've been, probably my favourite tracks, uh, I, I, I also liked Holy Ghost very much, uh, but I really liked one near the end called Untrue Love. 
which was kind of a very clever sort of song with, with, with interesting metaphors about love being untrue or, or it's true that love is untrue. Lots of sort of interesting wordplay on there. Sounded like a kind of classic song. The kind of thing that you, I, I could imagine if he, and it was a bit country, so it, you know, if John, Johnny Cash was still alive and making those American recordings albums, I could hear him singing that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, there was some, but I agree, Travelling Solves Everything was very, mm. they might be chance, didn't really like that no. one very much. The, the song, uh, What You Really Mean, I quite liked, um, but it was quite unusual compared to the rest of the album. It was, it, it was it's kind of a universal theme, kind of seems to be a bit empowering, a little bit of Springsteen with the backing vocals and such, and it seemed to be one of those songs that, if it gained a wider audience, could become, a bit again, a bit of an anthem, mm. in the same way that, say, um, R.E.M., Everybody Hurts, that song, because of its universality, is that mm. the is that right? Well, because of the the sort of the theme, the lyric, you know, you're going through some tough times, but you know it'll be okay, can be applied to so many different people around the world in mm. so many mm. different situations of, of le different levels <coughs> of seriousness that that song of REMs, even though it's not one of their best necessarily, is one that will endure and still be playing on the radio in a hundred years' time mm. when mm. Other, maybe possibly other better REM songs won't be, mm. and the same with that. What you really mean? It's kind of Universal I, I think theme of empowerment. I think I haven't yeah. really thought about it that way, but because I, I was listening to this a couple of times and it, I wasn't enjoying it that much, but then I, that came on and I had a moment. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's struck, kind struck of, a real chord. I thought you, you yeah, I think that's kind of what I what, I, what it really means. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. So I mean, o overall, then is is it a hit or a miss? Well, well, just I'd say one more thing is 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 that the other thing that it reminded me of. Is um, as you as you know, uh, we've played Ezra Furman, and I've raved about. We've all raved about Ezra Furman quite a bit, and uh, in the back of my head, uh, I've always had this nagging thing: is he sounds like someone. I can't think it is, but he sounds like. And it is a little bit of Gonzo from the Muppets that Ezra <laughs> Furman sounds like. But it's also it's just occurred to me listening to this album. Yeah, it's the, it's the guy from the Violent Femmes who Ezra yeah. sounds quite a lot like. Yeah. I'd say I, I I find it very hard to say overall the hit and the miss because there were some songs. I really loved, mm. and there were some songs I would gladly never hear again in the rest of my life. I think I think I'd say half and half. Okay, it's a hiss. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a hiss for you too. I so I think the first half of the album I didn't like. Mm. Second half, I, I quite like, and two songs I really like. Okay, well, well it's, it's, it's I think it's probably a miss overall for me, but there are a couple of songs I did like. Um, so we're gonna play well, a track. Well, are we not going to review the next album and then and play, play two, two tracks, tracks at the end? Okay, let's, let's do, do let's that. Let's do that. Okay, because the, the the next one uh, is one. Well, let's say you are wearing a t-shirt of this band, which I am. may well suggest you're not going to necessarily be on the fence here. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I also saw them live uh -huh. uh, uh, last week. Um, and who was that then? Uh, future of the Left. Uh -huh. Future of the Left is the album is the the peace and truce of the Future of the Left. Yeah, and it's about the fifth or sixth album, is yeah, it? Yeah, something so, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Pretty much the same. It's sound. There's no. There's no great departure in sound from, from the last couple, is there? Yeah. Um, uh, and again, lots of lyrical gems in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, loads and loads of them. Yeah. Uh, a much harder sound than Violent Flames. Much more. <laughs> yes. Much more aggressive. Uh, hard rock sound. Yeah. Uh, punk hard rock sound. And um, yeah, I mean, why don't you talk about the album, and then I'll come back and talk about the gig and uh, a little bit. Okay. Well. I mean, I, I really like the album, and I, I mean, I knew I was going to, because actually I, I was part of the Kickstarter project thing, so oh, I've yeah. got it on vinyl there. Um, I mean, I liked it without even listening to it, because the, you look at the song titles, you know, this is a winner. 
Mm. Um, I, I was particularly excited by the fact that the third track in oh, is yeah. already a cricket reference. Yeah, yeah indeed. Uh, running we, all over the wicket. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, the prospect of running all over the wicket. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's load, loads of, of big hits there for me. Uh, I like the particularly like the song "The Limits of Battleships," which is the one yeah. where there's one drink for yeah. those and one drink for them, that, no that, drinks for them. That's I got that was one of my favourites as well, and was an absolute highlight of the of the gig last week. What they do very, very well. My friend, I took along my friend, Mr. Fingers, who's an old friend of the podcast, uh, to, to this gig, which was in Bristol, because he lives down that way. I was on holiday. Um, and he, he knew absolutely nothing about Future right. of the Left, but I, I, I've known him for, you know, 35 years. I knew he would like it. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was very impressed with the way they have lots of stop and starty bits yeah. in their songs. Yeah, yeah. And lots of songs that stop very, very suddenly. They're yeah. rocking along yeah. at like full pelt. And then they just stop very suddenly. Massive changes of pace, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that one, that one does that a lot. really does that, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'm going to end up listening to most of the song. Uh, when when I was brilliant, I really like that song. Um, proper music. I particularly like that the bit in proper music where it goes about wow, about, wow, yeah, wow, like, wow, yeah. The ace. proper music abounds. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was ace. Uh, white privileged blues, where, which which actually reminded me of. of Guided by voices, funny enough, because he talks about factotum, mm. um, and I and I didn't I, I know what a factotum is. Well, actually, no, I don't anymore. I, I did know what a factotum was because it came up in a Pollard lyric, so I looked it up. Yeah, it's something to do with a, I think it's a guard or something. Is it it's something to do with? I don't know, but I think you mentioned this on the podcast yeah. before you told us what a factotum I, I, was. That, at one point, I knew what a factotum was, and I've subsequently forgotten what it is, and I need to find out. And he it. says in the song something like. De facto to whatever, it, that, it, means. whatever that is yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so that 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 uh, that rang very true uh, in a former life I like and grass parade in a former life is I think we should mention a bit more of an <laughs> extraordinary lyric <laughs> yeah. that is which manages to talk about all those different people yeah in a uh, you got the lyrics there he, he was Queen Anne's gigolo and he leaked all over the, all over the morning it mentions Ron Perlman the actor from he was Ron Perlman's gas tank (laughs) and it's got various historical figures mentioned in there have a look Uh, 28 children departed Uh, Alan Alan Alder is risking his final tooth yeah (laughs) I know he feels that yeah Alan Alder and um, Mary Curie and um, yeah all kinds of stuff and oh and there's a bit about crop rotation as well. Yes, of course. Crop rotation of course is not is. on the schedule. And crop rotation does not really work. And I like anything with crop rotation because it just reminds me of the young ones that you know, when they can, can I just say rotation. I obviously I didn't listen to it no, I don't I don't really feel qualified, but I did listen to it all the way through at least three times. Yeah. And I hated it. Oh, did oh. You? Yeah. I, I I really disliked it. I couldn't I find it hard to listen to. It's it's hardcore punk. Yeah, it is hardcore punk. It's yeah. hardcore punk, yeah. Yeah. but for yeah. me, hardcore punk is a man stood like with his legs on in front of the stage, rocking back and forth. With a microphone held in a fist. Did he do that? No. No. He didn't. No, he didn't. Well, in fact, at one point, he was playing a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Roman Juno <laughs> 80s keyboard. Yeah. 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 Couldn't get into it at all. And I wondered, yeah. I wondered if I you know, listened to it five or six times, would it sink in? Yeah. But it was, it was repelling me. Because I, I, I find, I mean, it is, it's an aggressive sounding record. It is. I can yeah. imagine it's a very aggressive stage show. And I think you, you might need to be in the mood for it, but I'm always in that mood. Mm. Um, and uh, it's just like yeah. <laughs> exactly. well I should also say as well interestingly you should say that because talking of not being in the mood for it because uh, not only did I invite Mr Fingers who's a friend of mine who lives down Bristol way 
I have another friend who lives in Bristol, and I invited him to the, to the gig as well, and I sent him a couple of YouTube videos to kind of get him in the mood, and he's, again, he's a musical man, he knows knows his stuff, mm. and uh, he came and met me in the pub beforehand, and then he said, yeah, but I'm going home now, <laughs> yeah, that's not my kind of thing at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, I can see, it is a pretty hardcore, <coughs> in every sense of the word, a pretty hardcore sound. It's hardcore. And, and the, the support band, who are excellent as well, called the St. Air snake solution or something like that. Right. And they were doing the proper, you know, the proper yeah. screaming Shouting. into the mic thing. But he doesn't which sound. He, he, doesn't he did shout. now and again in the, in the, in the gig. I don't know, I'm all for it. I quite like that. I don't, yeah. I don't really like shouting, but I don't yeah. feel he is those shouting. I, 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 you know, it's very quick. It's a quick delivery, but it's yeah. not always shouting. I think and it, well, I and also you can, you can hear what, you know, the difference between him and say, Henry Rollins and, and some of his stuff is, you can actually hear what he's saying and what he's saying. Not is Henry quite Rollins, I like Henry Rollins. Right, okay. How right, can you yeah. like Henry Rollins and not like that? And I don't understand the differences. Oh, it's a lot of difference. Is it? I think he's much more articulate. He mm. doesn't show. He's just very, very powerful in his delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. That's why yeah. I thought, to me, I thought, I thought there's, a, there's a lot of bands that hardcore punk they sound like that. And I just think, oh. Before we, we, before we, we go around the table with, and raise all uh, our boards with hit or miss, <laughs> yes. you know, um, I just would like to bring this to your attention. I don't know if you're aware of this. Did you get one of these? No. Right. no, I'm now passing uh, to the girl Banzo uh, the bonus CD if you Ooh. if you got in on it. Yeah. Uh, when you did your your Kickstarter Incredible, thing, which yeah. is called "To Fail States and Forest Clearings." Um, so these are extra tracks from extra the tracks. from the sessions where they recorded this new album. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, now I want you to read through those tracks and uh, track listing, and I want you to tell me what the best track is based on. Solely okay. the name, and I reckon the cock that's... that walked, mm. fireproof open bracket boy versus bison. Close bracket. Animals beginning with a B. Problem thinker. There's always Paul, and church and state. Yeah. Which is your favourite? Yeah. Just from the title. Yeah. Well, I'm tempted to go with the cock that walked, but I'm gonna go with animals beginning with a B. It's correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it is. It, uh, it's, it's a great song. And uh, you you need to. In the words it. of Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon, I know him so well. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, okay, well, so the uh, the album itself then. Oh, you got. Can I just well, one more thing about the gig? I just like oh, yeah. to say what, what I did like and what we both liked about another thing we both liked at the gig was his between song patter. There wasn't a lot of it, but he he would now and again say a little few things, and mostly slagging off of a band. <laughs> and, I, and I'm this may be an incomplete list, but yeah. this is all the bands I can remember that he slagged off in one fairly short gig. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Blur. Happy days. Uh, Metallica, mm. Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. Kings of Leon, mm. The Last Shadow Puppets. Mm. Do you know a band called King Adora? No. He said something at one point. He said, "Does anybody remember King Adora?" Uh, and then he said, um, "He didn't really slag off King Adora, but he, he then said, uh, does anyone remember King Adora? They were a bit like Supergrass, but they weren't paedophiles.'" <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what, what he's got on Supergrass, but um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but should we go? Choose a song that we're going to play. Well, from de- can I just say it's definitely a hit for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Me too. Me oh, too. An absolute miss. Uh, <laughs> I would. I would say. I have, whilst we've, whilst it is a hit, it, I wouldn't say it's their best album they've ever done. No. No. I, th- I, I think I prefer yeah. the one before actually. But uh, yeah, uh, and they, which they, they, they is that the what's that called? The plot against common sense. Yeah. Mm. They they played a disappointing number of songs off the plot against common uh, sense at the gig. Um, there there was a lot of songs that they played at the gig that everybody it was a very very passionate crowd at the gig. And a lot of people who knew every word for everything except the new album 
but they were you could see from we were up on the balcony looking down right. in fact basically we were standing in a cage above the band right. if i had dropped my pint my mm. pint I, it would have landed on the bass player's head right. i was literally standing above her head it's um, dance but it had a great view of the, of the crowd who were very very passionate and yeah they seemed to know all the words to lots of songs that i didn't know right. so and i've only got one single by mccluskey but i think maybe some of them were mccluskey songs okay. but they were fucking awesome anyway yeah, yeah a, a definite hit yeah um Albeit not as good as some of their previous albums. I would agree yeah. with that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we need to choose a Violent <coughs> Femmes song. Yeah. Well, since Rebel, since you, you didn't particularly like the future of the left, would you like to choose a Violent Femmes song? What you really mean. Okay. Good choice, Rebel. Good choice. And Future of the Left, I I would go with either Proper Music or When I Was Brilliant. Not The Limits of Battleships. That's great as well, yeah. Can we go for, um, I'd, uh, I'd go for The Limits of Battleships, right. would be my choice. If we, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's, hear, let's hear those two songs right now. Step inside just as you leave your mark Defenseless But sometimes when you look at me In the darkness of your eyes I see what you really mean Tell me lovers play a fickle game That broken hearts just another name for wounded pride in a war of lame pretenses But sometimes when you look at me In the darkness of your eyes I see what you really mean Difference in the things that we do. I know you're better than you want me to, but still. Sometimes when you look at me in the darkness of your eyes, I see what you really. Can't erase. 
I shake my head as I watch you chase From place to place so as not to face the chances That sometimes when you look at me In the darkness of my eyes you'll see what I really of battleships, two drinks for the limits of coal, three drinks for the pilots, one drink for the limits of battleships, two drinks for accountants. For the limits of battleships, two drinks for the limits of coal, three drinks for the pilots, four drinks for the permanent residents, five drinks on the golf course, no drinks for the enemy combatants, no drinks for the door staff, no drinks for the tireless testers, no drinks. Like a liar's tongue. You shout like a liar's tongue. An old colonial snack with pastry on his arm. And it burns like writer's block. It burns like writer's block. But there's no girls on the team. There's no girls on the team. You shout like a liar's tongue. You shout like a liar's tongue. Colonial slack!
Okay, we're, we're going to play a couple of songs from uh, Friends of the Pod uh, now. The first one we're going to play is from our pal Ash Cook, who is Pulco. And he's got a, a new EP out on the 1st of May called Solid Geometry, uh, which is out as a 7-inch single. Um, and uh, he tells us about it thus. He says... When composing the EP, I decided early on that I wanted to base the songs around Ian McEwan's classic book of short stories, First Love, Last Rites. The book covers some pretty intense themes, which I've never really dealt with in Pulco songs before, and basically I just really love the book. Um, the music was inspired by Warm Leatherette by The Please. Normal, uh, but is also a nod towards other pioneers of experimental electronic music like Cabaret Voltaire, John Fox, etc. He says, uh, I felt I wanted to write something different that didn't need to include a guitar. And if you like this, you should go to uh, the website greats, which is G-R-A-T-E-S dot com slash artist slash pulco and get one of the, the hundred EPs that are being made available. And from the EP, we're going to play the song Homemade. Hands in the garden, 
you've just heard the band Picture Box with their song Garden Song um, and this is another new release that's coming out in May this is out on uh, Gardu Nord Records uh, they're releasing the album Songs of Joy on the 13th of May which is the follow-up to 2015's well-received The Garden Path and here we've got Robert Halcrow leading Ian Button 
from Papernook Cambridge, Alex Williams from Fleeting Things, and long-time collaborator Ben Lockwood uh, on lots of sort of wonky pop and Canterbury lo-fi. Um, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about this song, Garden Song, uh, which actually features our uh, Ash Cook again from because oh. he's on two songs on the pod there. He yeah, should be right. very pleased with himself. Uh, and also Helena Bradley from the band Citizen Helena. Anyway, it's it's a, a cut-up cover, that. I don't know if you appreciate that. Mm. Uh, of the song by, and I know you're a big fan of this band, uh, Chirito, uh, Rod, Matt and Jane, pre-Freddy, from the ITV children's show Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah, right. so it's a song from Rainbow. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Good job they didn't bungle it up. We've got another exclusive on the pod now. Good Lord. Yes. Uh, this time from Martin Newell, who uh, we've played as part of Cleavers mm, from, from Venus. Venus. Uh, a number of times, certainly more than once. Mm. And uh, anyway, I recently bought a, a CD of his. Uh, it's an old one, actually, but it's, a, it's been re-released. And I wrote to him... Um, to order it as you, as you do, mm. and uh, and he wrote back saying uh, it's on its way. So yeah. customer service, yeah, no, no, good. So I, I wrote back and said, "Oh, thanks for letting me know, um, and also you know, thanks for continuing to make music. I've been a fan since you know the mid eighties and, and mm-hmm. bought your first single, Ilya Kuryakin, and all. Mm. Uh, and it's really, I'm really pleased that you're still still churning stuff out. And he he wrote back, and I'm going to quote from his email. He yeah. says, "Ah, good, mm. thank you." Polite, Polite, yeah. He says, I'm making a new album at the moment. Have a brand new track. Wow. And that, oh. that was the message. And he included the track that we're, we're going to play, which is called Victorian Doll. So I wrote back because, you know, you've got to do these things properly. So I said, would it be okay to play it? Mm-hmm. And he wrote back and said, yes, do that. We don't stand on any music biz protocol here. We just do everything all the time. Usually until a man in a peaked cap comes along with a steel ruler and wraps us on the knuckles. <laughs> well, that's a green light if ever there was one. And yeah. uh, and actually, you noticed a, a line in this song well, that meant something to you. Well, because I'm, you know, formerly of um, the, the parish of Shepherd's Bush, and um, it's, 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 am I right in saying it says that the lady in the song, because the song's called Victorian Lady. Victorian uh, Doll. Victorian Doll, sorry. Mm. And it says that she's partial to a pub on the Goldhawk Road. That's I thought right. I heard that. That's, I believe so, yeah. Is it, is it a current song, a new song? It, it hasn't been released. Nobody's heard but it is it apart a new from song? us and him. Do you think he's, he's writing about somebody who's a Victorian lady as she comes, as in, she, she's a Victorian Doll, as in she's, this is, song is set in Victorian times? It could be, yeah. Could right. be. Because, because it's it is uh, um, something I'm I'm constantly bemoaning the fact that most of the pubs on the Goldhawk Road are no longer pubs, oh, right. including the Goldhawk, uh, the Back and Beyond. What are they now then? Uh, well, Goldhawk's just a boarded up building. Uh, yeah, and as, as Swakely's Arms, which is now well, I still call it Swakely's Arms. It's been called O'Donoghue's for about twenty years, but uh, that's <laughs> that's almost. I think anybody who lives around that area would tell you that is the worst pub. Uh, on on Goldhawk Road, and yet it's one of the very few that's still going. Right. Yeah. Go. So yeah. It, it, it took you back. To it took, a, took to me back to, to you know to the days of the Bush Ranger and, and some some half decent pubs yeah. on that road. And as, as, very as many of Martin Newell's songs do, full of full of melancholy and and the like. Hmm. So here is Martin Newell with Victorian Doll.
me to do is to say to you listener good night and from the social media inspiration mechanic Shemitha Gobanzo good night and from the vocal engineer and T-boy Kicker Ravel uh-huh. good night listener